people call that Ferguson, right? Uh, and I mean, that became a, not only a nation, but a worldwide thing of, oh, it wasn't even St. Louis, it was just Ferguson. Ferguson, Missouri. That Ferguson became more popular, more known than St. Louis did. And you guys were there again in the thick of things, um, taking a, a group of other police officers up there. Whether you want to be weak or strong in the mind, or I mean, you can take your mind wherever you want it to go, really. Uh, a lot of times, if you're not careful, you, it can be it can get you in trouble. Welcome to the MindFit Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Jackson, and I have a couple fellas here with me. My guests are Captain Tim Cunningham and Sergeant Tyler Edgecombe. Hi, fellas. Hi. How are you? And you guys might want to lean in just a tick to just to make sure. You're, I wish this was on film right now to watch these guys lean in on this microphone. Oh, wow. Hey, thanks for, uh, for being here, guys. I know you two are busy, busy dudes, and I appreciate you uh, carving out some time for this. Absolutely. So, um, Captain Tim. Yes. I'm going to start with you. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you uh, from? All that stuff. I grew up in Rolla, Missouri. Um, graduated high school from there. Everybody, the St. Louis question is, uh, where'd you go to high school? And I always tell them Rolla. And they always want to say, well, no, not where you went to college. And I did not go to college there. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Rolla. And uh, went, to, went to Mizzou for a couple years. And then I graduated from uh, Central Missouri State. Mules. The Mules. Go Mules. And uh, graduated in 94 from college. Graduated from high school in 90. And then I started the police academy in, uh, a couple months later in July 94. And so now I'm, you know, you're getting close to 24 years with the uh, St. Louis County Police Department. Wow. Family? So my, it's, that's an interesting thing. My family, my uh, I grew up, it's all law enforcement. So I have three older brothers. Everybody's in law enforcement, and my dad was uh, uh, retired from the FBI, so kind of a unique thing. Um, my family now, I uh, married. I have a uh, seven-year-old daughter, and I, and I have uh, twins that are, uh, be, they'll be five here in a couple of months, boy-girl twins. Some would say you're right in the middle of the trenches. <laughs> yeah, the last couple of years have been tough, uh, not a lot of sleep, but... Uh, we're starting to see the the end of the light, I think, as far as I sleeping think so. through the night. I think so. I think so. Sergeant Tyler Edgecombe, um, tell me about yourself. I let's see where to start. I am. Uh, I grew up north of here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, split my time between my mom's and there. The whole family is, is hey, not just north, but way north. Yeah, like we're not talking about North County. We're not we're talking the, like uh, like like Canada or anything like yeah. that. But but Nebraska, and then uh, my dad, and now my uh, older brother uh, are in Panama City, Florida. So I call both home. Um, Depending on who's went in Florida State or Nebraska, Nebraska has not been doing well the last fifteen years. <laughs> That's about to change. That's about to change. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. So yeah, I'm probably the only Cornhusker Seminole dual fan. 
right? Yeah, in the country. In the country. How long you been with the uh, force? St. Louis County, about fifteen years. So I went. I graduated ninety three from high school. Uh, I moved to Florida to go to college. I just had this unique opportunity to kind of go away from home without being away from home. So uh, uh, I went down there for college, and I was completely irresponsible, which you can expect going to college in Panama City, Florida. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, they, have a doubt. they have spring break documentaries about that. <laughs> spring break in Panama City is like March to September. So uh, I obviously was uh, counterproductive to anything I was going to be able to do. I won't say wanted to do because I don't know that that was real defined. And uh, yeah, so I put myself in the Army. And that was the uh, best move I ever did. Yeah, because you, t- you t- totally took a different route than oh, Captain yeah. Tim Cunningham here. Yeah. You went, okay, so... Uh, what should I call you? T- Captain? Tim. Tim. Okay. Tim's Tim. fine. Okay. Tim, you, you um, right out of college, you went right to the academy. Yes. I graduated college in May of 94. Then I was, yeah, started at the academy in July. And 94. so you are, you're what, 22 or 3? Yes. I started the academy and I just, uh, I got hired here like a week or so after I turned 22. Okay. So you're young in the academy. You go, uh, Tyler, you go to the military at how old? I was right at 19, so I did a uh, year, year and a half of college. Year, year and a half of college. Right. wasn't for you. I'm no. out of here. I need to straighten my act up. Yeah. I go to the Army. You go to, you go to the Army. And I, and I found a straight line that I was looking for. <laughs> so you're in there for how many years? I did almost nine. So are you in there immediately, like, what would you go in as? Infantry, what? No, I went in military police. Um, I wanted, um, it, was a, it was a whim, it was a whim move to a degree, but it was also, you know, I think I, I, I think I recognized that I had a pretty good energy level, and I think I needed some way to, you know, put that to paper, you know what I mean? And, um, and I was clearly not really... Uh, responsible enough to maybe handle that myself, you know, and uh, so it worked out. It worked out great. I loved it. I okay, loved it. but but it didn't stop there because you you got into we're jumping pretty quick here because yeah, you guys yeah. are so busy that I, I just don't want to keep you guys. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah. I, I'm just gonna move this yeah. thing along. I want to have some fun while we do it too. But you got into dogs. Yeah. So the dog thing was happenstance. So I met my wife. My wife is also a soldier, the best soldier. I literally the best soldier I ever saw with my own two eyes. Um, she and I met at Fort Benning, Georgia. We got there the same day. We got married um, later on, obviously, not necessarily after that first meet. <laughs> and, uh, and then by happenstance, um, there's a program in the Army called the Married Couples Program. So what that does is it doesn't guarantee you within the same installation as one another, but it's supposed to guarantee you within 250 miles. And so the, the government, being a big, giant, bloated entity was trying to send her one place and and uh turn around and send me the opposite of that so um we'd work some things out and canine was the result of that from from my standpoint it really was i don't have a better way of explaining this but it was about the most glass slipper fit for me that you could ever imagine and uh and i loved it and i just uh literally just completed that started in 2000 i literally just did my last canine handler event which is put put a dog down the the escorting uh, your partner with grace and, and dignity to their 
you know, their final breath, and that's the last measure of a, of a hammer. And that literally just stopped. So that's, uh, you know, long road. Yeah, and you're talking about Mikey here. Yeah, Mikey, yeah. Yeah, because I've been over at your house when he was around. Yeah. And He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. We, yeah, yeah, played some tricks, and I didn't like the tricks. And, like, let's stop the tricks. I don't like, the, I don't like the sound of this. I don't like the sound of Mikey's. Uh, <laughs> not, not really a restraint sometimes, you know. But he was uh, all police dog, and he. Uh, well, I guess what I love, I, I tend to be. Uh, I think of myself as a pretty loyal person, and it has not lost on me the fact that. Uh, the loyalty. My first dog, I trained a dog, and then I worked a uh, dog on the the street. And the the first example I have of that was this moment where a dog literally kind of jumped out of a car and put himself into a protective posture for me, and that's where I got it. Anyways, it was it was this really defining moment in my life and career. Uh, I was able to do it. I deployed with uh, with one dog, which was awesome. And it was, I mean, you, you go in the army, jump out of airplanes, and like kick in doors and play in the mud, and you know, get uh, a bunch of good buddies. And, and I did that, and I loved it. I mean, like the greatest thing I ever did. You know, it really was. Other than my wife. So right on. Okay, so Tim, you are now. How long have you been captain? Uh, four and a half years. Four and a half years. So. Tell me the uh, the levels that you so you come in, uh, you graduate, you get a job with the department, and you're uh, what is what's that? It's a patrol patrol officer. Okay, patrol officer. So you go from so tell me the steps on how does one even become captain? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think timing um, had a huge role on it. So. I was a patrolman for a couple of years, and I had the opportunity to get into our uh, our Bureau of Drug Enforcement, which was the, the most fun, uh, in my opinion, the most dangerous. I'd agree with that um, position on the police department. <clears throat> so I was able to work as a detective in there for for six years, and then. Um, I started to, you know, think about the future, and, and um, so I put in for the sergeant's process, and I was I got promoted to sergeant. Um, again, timing has a way of uh, working things out. I was uh, back in in the division patrol uh, just over a year, and an opening happened, and I I went back into the bureau of drug enforcement, um, and it ended up on my old my old team. Um, probably two months after I went back in. And then I spent another five years there uh, running that team, which was, um, again, just unbelievable work. Um, but it was much different being in that seat versus as a detective, because now you're, you're in charge of that team um, and making sure everything goes the way it needs to go. So after uh, those five years, I... Uh, you know, you just get to a certain point, and I put in for the uh, lieutenant's process, and I was able, I was fortunate enough to get that. Got promoted lieutenant, went back to the division of patrol. Um, was working midnights. Uh, started, you know, started having a family, and um, then the twins came along, and again, timing. 
and then their opening came up. I had put it through the captain's process, um, and fortunately got promoted, and and here I am, four and a half years later. So the thing that uh, that I heard was before you became lieutenant. So it was you're in the drug unit. So tell tell me what 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 exactly is that? Because if I'm not mistaken, Tyler, you did something similar. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So so this is something you both not only you both police officers, but that you have that in common dealing with drugs and right. and, and and dealing with well I think it's fair to say of just dangerous people. Right. It is. I would agree. It's the by far the most dangerous thing. There's different. Uh, I'll just say areas of focus. You know, as far as the different roles at the different uh, entities inside that uh, inside that element. I'll, have different focuses and uh without you know divulging too much but they they are it is it's a, it was a blast and probably some of the best leadership lessons i ever learned and unintentional uh it came out of there you know and, and i thought that was pretty fantastic you know but yeah you're in the ringer you know? so so question and, and and if i you know we're just going off the cuff here so mm-hmm. i don't have really i don't have anything written down <laughs> So tell me, I mean, this podcast is—it's the theme is mind fit, right? Mm-hmm. Of just having this mindset of—that's uh, something that everyone has—is a mind, you know. Correct. Um, and what you do with it, it's kind of whatever you want to do with it, mm-hmm. right? So whether you want to be weak or strong in the mind, or I mean, you can take your mind wherever you want it to go, really. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, if you're not careful, you it can be it can get you in trouble, mm-hmm. right? So, with that being said, what in the world were, were was the mindset for you guys? And and I'll ask Tim. I'll ask you first. Mm-hmm. But the mindset of waking up in the morning, in charge of a, a, a group of of guys, that you were going to go into a dangerous part of town mm-hmm. that drugs are being passed around and sold like that's just that's just what happens and and you're in your and you're and you're and you're trying to be uh stealthy uh, i'm assuming obviously or else yeah. you get in trouble really really quick so how does that uh, what is that <laughs> what's that mindset like well i, I I'll, I'll say this when i went in there as a detective again i was young i was in my uh you know, I was 25 years old. Um, so you go in there with a uh, almost a feeling of, you know, invincible. Full throttle. Yeah. And, it, and the, the, that, that particular assignment, you know, the team that I was on, it was, it was full throttle. It was um, I, just every day, you know. So you got, uh, you, you learned quickly. You, you learned on the fly. Um and I, was, and I always said that in that first, actually the first two days, I learned more, you know, and again about the element of, of narcotics and the the street level sales of it and, and that kind of stuff, more than I had learned in three years as a patrolman. Granted, it was based on a lot of the assignment or the area I was working, but um, yeah, that was a very intense you know, time, and then when you when I went back in as a, as the, the the supervisor of the team, you know, I think you still have that 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 strong mind mindset of uh, it's not so much more of the you know invincible, but it's you know let's 
you know, make sure everybody does it the right way and gets out of here safe. Because mm-hmm. that uh, there was a few situations where it wasn't safe. It was more than a few. It was a lot. Um, and it's one of those deals where you, I think Tyler said, it, you know, you have to be strong to lead that team or even to be on the team. Because if, you, if you're weak, it'll, it'll come out. Empower you. Yeah. And there's, there's no way. And even the, you know, even the members of your team will see it. And, and you can't have that either. Because um, that's, that's, that's a very unique, it's got to be a very tight group. For the for the type of work that you're doing, because um, that's not it's not time to you know it's when decisions are made everybody has to be all in um, or people get hurt. So and and people you know still got hurt, but um, fortunately nothing uh, too serious on our end. So. Yeah. So you were there twenty. You were twenty five to what? <clears throat> Roughly thirty one. You didn't have kids, did you? No. Okay, so I'm going to turn to Tyler because I think when he was in this uh, department, uh, was it the same department or similar or what? It's it was yeah. You're the focus is different. There's there's a few there's a few variables that are different. Um, uh, well, some, well, well, hold yeah. on. But similar, yes. it's still dangerous. Same thing. Now, but when you were in there. You had kids. I had kids, and so, I understand too that my that my perspective going into that is I don't have. So uh, a couple of things were they were important to me is I went in with a senior team. I didn't have detective experience in there, and I'd come up in a very. Uh, I would say more on the on our department. You end up. This is just an opinion, uh, so take it with a grain of salt. But you end up having more of a. Uh, an investigative type of influence or you have a like a direct action type of influence you know and sometimes they cross correlate uh, sometimes you'll do one and then you'll do the other one but but there's a perspective on that you know if I'm, I'm coming up as a canine handler and my mind is very triggered for uh, get a task let me let me put this dog in, a, in the best position for that dog to be successful for uh, in support of Brandon Jackson's investigation, right? Uh, and then you get promoted, you move on to something else, and then uh, this is a fantastic job, and it came completely by happenstance. And uh, but I'm, you know, you're you're sitting there like, man, am I ready for something like this? This is completely, you know, the, your whole career has gone towards one thing, and all of a sudden you're like, here you go, here's this brand new, you know shiny thing go out and drop you know go out and drop stick shift if you've never driven a stick shift it's kind of one of those moments and uh and i had a really great uh opportunity with uh, the team that i had at the moment which was a very experienced team which kind of you know essentially trained me and um but all those all those seems like a dangerous job to do an on-job training (laughs) But I guess there's there's not any other way to do it, is there? No, you you your job is to mitigate risks, um, and you know if there are when you have to take a risk, you take a calculated risk. You know you you do things the best you can on your terms and not the other way around. Uh, and again, this is just an opinion, but um, you know if you've got red flags, are you listening to those red flags? You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, and sometimes best thing you can do is just back out of it let's, let's figure out a different way to approach this yeah you know, so. so i, I want to keep i want to keep moving because there's another question that kind of right. is has been um 
people will know what I'm talking about. But, but before, so Tyler, you're married and with yeah. with three kiddos, right. um, two boys, two girl. boys and a girl, yeah. boy, boy, girl. And at that time, they were. This time I'd have, it would have been like a like a ten, eight, and six, you know, because they're right about twenty months apart each. And I think I think my oldest I think was right around ten or so, maybe a little bit earlier. Maybe he was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around there. Okay, so that's that. That's narcotics, and 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 right then and there, without what without me going any further of of to this next section that I want to talk about with you guys. Most people have have not even remotely come to experience any form of danger like you all have. Um, and you guys woke up every single day, you know, um, entering in it, yeah. right? And so most of us, we, we have nine to five jobs, working in offices, gyms. You know, the most dangerous thing for me is to drop a barbell on my toe, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but so, it does hurt. Though. It does hurt. It does if you do it. I really think you're doing Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I know uh, myself and, and other people listening to this, we appreciate what you guys do. Uh-huh. And, and, and uh, whether it's patrolling the, the, the streets or uh, trying to minimize the, uh, the, the narcotics that are in our city or... Whatever that looks like, um, we appreciate you guys. But so now we're moving on to a situation that happened in our uh, our city. Um, where are we at? I don't know. Three, four years ago. Is that, I don't know. Is that four, fourteen? So most people call that Ferguson, right? Uh, and I mean that became a, not only a nation but a worldwide thing. Of oh. It wasn't even St. Louis. It was just Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri. That Ferguson became more popular, more known than St. Louis did. And you guys were there again in the thick of things, um, taking a, a group of other police officers up there. What in the world was going through your mind in that? Like, I'm responsible for another group of guys, and here we are again. A little different. Yeah. I mean, there's not drugs. No. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's some not real comfortable, unsettling situations that you're walking into and here you're just trying to, you're just trying to help. Right. You're just, you're just trying to help. Uh, what are you thinking about when you're driving to Ferguson four years ago? You're like, you, you leave the house and you're, you're, you're driving up there to do your job. Well, for me, um, that the first, I guess we'll call you know the first initial round in August of fourteen. Um, there was no textbook for that for what happened and, and how to address it and how to handle it. So we were basically showing up um, in my position, just showing up doing whatever I could. Um, you know, which included being on the front lines, standing you know standing in a in the skirmish line and dealing with whatever came at you. Um, but then for me, what we learned as a department, um, you know, certain people have to have certain roles. Um, so later on, um, my role was uh, commander of the command post, and I, I was on the day watch part of it. 